The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Take your leadership to the next Hi, Scott McClellan with your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for being with us. And uh, we appreciate your interest in leadership, self-improvement, honing your skills, getting closer to being exemplary. Thanks for joining us. We're hoping to have a contribution to you and your desire and pursuit of being a good leader. We've got a rare treat this evening. Stacy Collins is with us. Stacy, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Well, good to have you here. We we had a recent recording, a more long form on From the Forefront, where we're talking about you and Mike and your plans to get to Tanzania early next year. So we're excited about what you guys are working on. And we were very thankful to have you on the From the Forefront podcast and happy that you agreed to come back and talk with us a little bit as people who have some life experience and who are also starting something new. I really appreciate you guys taking a minute to talk to us about the subject of leadership, some things you've observed, some things you want to emphasize, some things that you feel are worthy sharing. So appreciate that very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Along that line, Stacy, what would you like to talk about when it comes to the, the subject of leadership? Something you observed, you're a woman in leadership. I've taken a big section of this podcast to talk to women who are in leadership and get their perspective and get their contribution. To me, it's very important. I have three daughters, all of which are nearly an adult by now. And I'm really interested in what ladies have to contribute and how, how that, you know, as we combine all of our contributions, we get a more full picture of the Lord's leadership. So awesome. Thank you for being here for that reason and for the fact that we are looking forward to hearing from you. What would you like to talk about? Well, I'd like to bring up the subject of leadership with regards to influence and power. And also Mm. just looking at that with keeping in mind other cultures. For myself, um, again, my name is Stacy Collins, and I was in ministry for about 15 years. And then I came off the mission field out of ministry for a short season and found myself in the corporate world. So I've worked at a chemical plant for 19 years now. So I have some experience in both fields. And when you Mm. start talking about leadership, a lot of leadership material that you read is going to talk about influencing other people. Leadership is really how you use power or influence to drive people towards achieving a certain goal. And when you talk about influence or power, you're really talking about three different dynamics. And so the first dynamic that I want to talk about is called positional power. And positional power is simply power that you get because you're placed in a certain office, you have a certain rank, you have a certain position in an organization or a ministry or even a family or a team. And Mm -hmm. just because of your position, you receive power. 
And this is a fairly limited style of leadership because people will follow you because they have to. They're obligated to simply because of your position. And I want to give you a little background with a story from Africa to illustrate the point of positional power. When I went over to Africa, I was 20 years old and I Mm. became a teacher in a three-year Bible college. So most of the students were older than I was and most of the students were men. So here was a young single girl fresh out of Bible school who now had a position of power. In learning about all these things culturally and how to exercise power in a godly way, I made a few mistakes. So I'm going to give you an example of one of those mistakes (laughs) because I was using positional power and not thinking about the culture and not thinking about other things. And so because I was a teacher, a new directive was given that we were going to give a certain student a whistle. And whenever classes were going to start, the whistle would blow and everybody would have to come inside the classroom and we were supposed to lock the doors. This was to encourage students to be on time. Well, thinking of Africa, you have to understand that it's a very (laughs) relational society. So being Mm. on time is not a high priority in their culture. But I wanted to be a good teacher. I was submitting to the authority of our principal. So as soon as that whistle blew, we had a student get up, lock the door, and about half of my class was outside the classroom. So you can (laughs) only imagine the kind of chaos that took place after that. And because of that very small thing, in my eyes, I became a teacher that was not very liked and not Mm. very well respected because I didn't understand the dynamics of the culture, and I was just using positional power to exercise my Mm. authority. Mm. So that's an example of positional power. The opposite of that, or maybe another dimension of that, would be personal power. Personal power happens when people choose to follow you because you're likable, because you're knowledgeable, because you have relationship with them. With the same group of students, I quickly learned that I was not on a path to being effective as a leader. And so there was a situation where I was left in charge of all the workers and all the senior missionaries were gone out of country and I had to pay the workers and oversee all the projects on the campus. And during that season, there was a huge rainstorm and we had a cement brick wall that lined the hectare of land that we had for Bible school. And a big rush of water came down one of the hills and knocked out a huge part of the wall. So all these bricks are just laying all over the place. Well, again, in Africa, people take advantage of those opportunities. There's, (laughs) right? That's what it seems like to maybe people walking Mm. by. There's a bunch of bricks strewn through the mud. So people will come by and pick up your bricks and go put them into their house wall, right? So I knew that we had to take charge of the situation. So I gathered a bunch of students up and we drove to that section of the wall. It was still muddy. It was, it was really difficult to get there. But I just jumped out of the truck and I started picking up these bricks and loading them into the car. And all the students were like amazed because here I was, again, female out there doing man's work in the middle of this field in the mud. And we pretty soon got a little chain going, you know, where we we're passing the bricks and piling them in the truck and hauling them off and unloading them. And that small act right there of just participating with the students, not directing them, not giving orders, but actually taking part in the action, 
totally changed things around. Because at that wow. point, I wasn't using a positional power anymore. I was using personal power. Even the dynamics of the classroom began to change because our relationship began to be different. And I, again, had to go back and apologize to the students because of trying to use that positional power and not understanding their culture. And they were very gracious to forgive me. And we started a whole new season of just great relationship from the students towards myself and myself towards the students. So those are two types of power. And then the last type of power that I'd like to talk about is coercive power. Mm. This is when you force people to make a change. You force people into compliance. When you're using your influence in a manipulating way, or maybe you're threatening people or punishing, right? Negative consequences. And really, when you think about it, coercion isn't even a type of leadership because you're not leading mm. anybody anywhere. You're, you're forcing them to do things. Mm. And yeah. leadership includes the word lead, right? It doesn't, right. It, right. It's, not a, it's not something you do by force, but it's something that you do by your character, by your humility, and by your example. And when you have those things in line, people will follow you. And I'd like to just kind of close out that thought with this proverb, Proverb 14, 28. And in the Message Bible, I think it just puts all of these pieces together. It says, the mark of a good leader is loyal followers. Leadership is nothing without a following. Hmm. And the only way that you're going to get people to follow you is by exercising personal power rather than positional power, rather than coercion. And if you step back and think about Jesus himself, what type of power did he walk in? What type of power did he operate in? Did he run around telling people that he had a position as the son of God and that's why they had to follow him? He actually tried to avoid that conversation, right? Right. He used his own character, his humility, and his example. And because he demonstrated these things in front of others, they wanted to follow him. He didn't have to force them. They wanted mm. to follow him because they had that personal relationship and they liked him and they knew he was knowledgeable and they respected him. Proverbs fourteen twenty eight in the message. That's a very awesome way that it puts it there. And what you're saying just to kind of recap, these three centers of power that you're describing, positional power, and that's power that flows from a position. Take the badge off, the person has no, no more influence, or take the title off the door, suddenly they don't have any influence apart from the office or the maybe the position or whatever it is that they hold. Exactly. Then the personal power person is is coming more from a center of influence that is within them, that is their example, that's their character, that's their reliability, that's their example that they're giving. And then your third center of power, coercion. Wow. The, the word coercion just kind of makes my skin crawl <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> because right. I think I, I was relating very closely to what you're saying. And we've all seen those examples where people were trying to be leaders and they were more or less just using manipulation. And I think in places and at times, I've seen myself become coercive when I needed to be humbling myself instead of being trying to force a situation. So I've recognized those things in my own life. 
very, very interesting. You talked about Jesus not coming from a position of power of position, even though he held it. Yes. I think that's why he called himself the son of man. Yeah. Right. Instead of the son of God, like avoiding that conversation, like you're saying, he's making himself less than and not using his power or as Philippians 2 or whatever says there, he's not wanting this equality with God, something he's grasping after. That's right. But he made himself of nothing. So, wow, wow, wow. That's powerful stuff. That is very cool stuff. Did I do a good job or at least a decent job of recapping your centers of power there? Absolutely. And I think as a woman, you kind of opened with this, that women tend to want to operate in the positional power or the coercive power because sometimes because of past culture, even in America, they felt like they've had to prove themselves. But instead mm. of using the positional power or the course of power, what we really need to do is work on that personal power. Mm. I, I'm with you. You know, I, I think this is a completely different podcast. We'll have to get on another time. But, you know, as cultures don't permit influence, as cultures restrict influence to women in ways that are legitimate for women to use, have and use influence, then you see there's an invitation from the enemy to offer influence to women in a way that is not healthy or good, (laughs) you know, or that's destructive both for them and for those who, who their influence is exercised upon. I've got a whole story about that. We will not get into, but that is very true. So I really, really appreciate you coming to share not only your perspective, but your experiences where positional power compromised your example, you had an opportunity by God's grace to make it up in the exemplary way in the personal power space and see that situation redeemed. Praise the Lord for that. That's awesome. Amen. Yes. So as we're parting here, I just want to ask you, I know you guys are getting ready very soon to get to Tanzania. What can we pray for you guys about regarding that? And then we'll close out. Well, if you could pray with us about just really great relationships with the national leader, the national leader uh, elections are taking place pretty soon, and we might have a new group of leaders that we'll be working with. So just that that transition goes smoothly and that the vision that they have for Tanzania and the church, the kingdom of God there will just continue to move forward without any situations where people might be threatened with positional power or become coercive to try to get their way. So for all of us just to stay in that space of personal power. Absolutely. Well, we'll certainly do that. And we'll include some of your contact information that we've gotten from you guys on the last podcast here in case people want to reach out to you or know more about your mission and what you're up to. Thank you so much for being here, Stacy. Thanks, Scott. Blessings to you guys. I am Scott McClellan, and this is your FX Missions Leadership Moment podcast. To contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Until next time, have a good one.